So this is a mountains and rivers, which means come and find me. Yeah. Jay bowing. Um, many years ago, you said to me, if love is your nature, there are no contradictions anywhere. What does it mean to see no contradictions anywhere? Bowing. See hatred, see love. She is my how how do things that appear so polarized not contradict one another? <clears throat> they can't contradict if you see them at the same time. She my I'm not I'm not sure where to go with I, I how do you relate? Do you see love and hatred um, as they are at the same time? Yeah, yes, you do. Do you see hatred as love? Yes. When you say you don't see anything, is that seeing two polarities at the same time? Yeah, pretty much. No more war with anything. Is not seeing anything the same as seeing nothing? Not exactly. You can't see nothing. Otherwise, it would be something. You already knew that, didn't you? What is it to to see something? <clears throat> Picking and choosing. A lot of room there. Keep coming. In the meditation instruction that was read today, um, I think it said to see this, you have to see that. Yes. Um, so how, if we're still seeing something, what do we do with that? <clears throat> Don't do anything with it. Yes. If we see a contradiction, is it because we think we need to choose one of the sides? Yeah. Uh, that's extra. Seeing the contradiction is one thing. Then thinking, then thinking, oh, uh, I need to do this or I need to do that. You're in the middle of it right now. Surprise. You were there all along. Pure appearance. Jim Shigalin. If something looks a certain way, but it isn't that way, how is that pure appearance? <clears throat> well, if you can ask that question, then you're looking at it. So is there an add-on there? Are you adding something on? Is that where your question comes from? It's coming from 
thinking something is a certain way because of how it appears and then finding out later that it it's not that way. That'd be right. Does pure appearance mean that it, it is how it appears? Let's see, let me think about it for a minute. Oh, wait a minute. Appears. Okay, how it appears. Is that how it is? Are you sure? What? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, if it appears. Is that how it is? Or is how it appears, how it appears, and how it is, is how it is. Shokabang, do we have to see the way that Akklesha functions in our own mind stream before we can see that it doesn't belong to anyone? <clears throat> well, you have to stop fighting with it. You have to stop uh, or seeing the, how we challenge everything that comes up. We challenge it or we go after it. So that could show up uh, individually in a way that's difficult to describe. So that, that description is going to be formulaic for everyone. So it needs to be seen on your own hearth, your own doorstep, your own dinner plate it has to be seen there. Not, not easy. You won't have any company there. Nobody will be there to help spoon feed you what you need to eat. Why is that funny? Okay, then what is funny? With what question? <laughs> um, just that wanting to be spoon fed. Okay. Buying What's the contrast between dependent origination and not separate? There's no contrast. We invent the contrast. Separate, separate, separate. You're doing it now. I'm doing it now. Tell I know about it. How is the apparent contrast of dependent origination not separate? Sorry, the apparent separation of dependent origination not separate? How is the apparent separation independent origination not separate? I don't know. It's not. Any more how questions? How do we meet something where it's at when how it appears is different from where it's at? Um, how does it look to you? It looks like I'm just meeting my appearance of it. Sounds good. Ask Jason. Wearing a brown boat. Starting to get boring yet? What is the quality of how questions as compared to other questions? How, how do I? Nishikabang, you responded to a question of mine uh, with a little bit as far as including the other sense consciousnesses. And I'm, I'm curious, what does a little bit mean in that context? Just that much. Not too tight, not too, it's just a little bit too tight, too loose. Just a little bit. Put a little bit of tension. That's what you're doing when you come in to sit down and face the wall. You're putting a 
taking your life, which is all over the place, I'm sure you've noticed. Doing this, wanting this, not wanting that, liking this, but not liking that. I'll take some of this, but not not that way it needs to be turned. Then I'll then I can receive it. Me, me, me. All about me and how I need to have it. So it well that won't fit. That needs to be, you need to polish that up or wrap it in pink silk. Yeah, then I can accept it. Fussy, fussy, fussy. How does the Dharma talk that you give differ from a monk training talk? Probably the same thing. It's very similar. What would be the difference? Not what you see. Must be look a little bit different to you. Are you asking me? I asked you. Look at. He says I was asking you. I, I can only speak to my experience where it looks like the permission I give you is different than the permission I give the monks. Okay. <clears throat> is there a way to give the benefit of the doubt that I give you to others? We can practice on others. Doesn't mean that you won't see the way in which they're uh, talking out their butt. You see that, but you give them the benefit of the doubt. Someone may have to function that way for a while. This is why I, why I say respect people's confusion. That's not easy, especially if you live with them, especially if they're in your sangha. And respect your own confusion. Stop trying to get better, improve. Take what shows up as irritating, aggravating, painful, and try to shut it down, get rid of it, push it away. I don't like that. I, I want that. I, I don't like that. Passion aggression. It's a very simple description of uh, samsara. Tisho. Tisho Wang. Is giving the benefit of doubt the uh, same as meeting where they're, where somebody is at? Be, yes. You'd be said that way. You're just, you're there with them. You, you, see some of their confusion just like you see some of your own you see it but you don't without being invited or being given permission someone's asking you for help in a certain way you know you could test that a little bit and see if they're just want to be a person who asks for help or if they really want your feedback sometimes it's more about kind of a masquerade <coughs> look a certain way so yes what is the difference between meeting something where it's at and reacting to something where it's at? If you meet, if you meet something where it's at, then uh, you won't know what's going on. You won't know what to do with it because you'll be meeting it where it's at. You've act, you're not separating yourself. But you, it's here and you've met it. It's not separate. If you're reacting, you come in just close enough to it, and then you start to react much to the, the situation or the person from that particular point of view. Is up here. So one is just more tension, there's more separation, more trying to get away from it, or possibly staying back so you can judge it or evaluate or correct it or have a position on it, which gives us this uh, temporary illusion of being safe from the contaminated situation we're looking at. More? When we're 
reacting to something, how do we go into it or meet it? You might not be able to do anything other than that, except just be a witness to the reaction. Just, just suffer in, on, on the spot, suffer with that situation. Where it's at is going to be suffering. The Buddha didn't say life is suffering part of the time. Well, on the path, are we capable of giving you the benefit of the doubt fully? I think probably so. There's no, there's no measurement, there's no dipstick for that to tell you just how much is there. You need to endeavor to do that. That was very challenging to do that with the Trump or Rinpoche. Um, <clears throat> why do you recommend that we don't point at people? Like this? Mm -hmm. Looks too much like a Colt 45. Or a, says other. It's not that many. It's just, just kind of a gesture that's more respectful rather than taking this kind of a Mars energy towards somebody. You still see me do that to it somewhat. Rumi does it, doesn't he? No. Has he been retrained yet? Give him a training called an add a finger. Not this one. <laughs> <laughs> add like add, add point with two fingers. And then three fingers and four fingers. And then he gets AAF. Ian Bowing. Go ahead. Ian. What is it to lead with the awareness? You don't know what's going to happen next, and your thinking process uh, is uh, is in the trunk, if not at least the back seat. It's there if you need it, but you're 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 here. You come in. You show up. You show up. You come in. Show up. You don't know what's going to happen next, and you don't mind. And bowing. What do I do with the feeling of minding? Again, please. What do I do with the feeling of minding? Not know, like minding not knowing what's going to happen. Oh. <clears throat> Just meet that. Include that. Include would be some kind of activity of, uh, I, I will just include that. You wouldn't have to lecture yourself. But just notice the, the, the reactionary uh, aspect of the mind that something is, you're unsure, you're afraid. Uh, what if people don't like you? What if, what if you look confused? What if you look clownish? It's just a willingness to be a fool, as Trumpo would say, just a willingness, a willingness to be a fool. It looks silly. If I could have found a cowboy hat, I would have worn that in here today. No question from Lydia. Lydia. I grew up Methodist, so prayer is comforting to me but I don't know who to pray to anymore. If all beings have been my mother, is it appropriate to pray to the memory or spirit of my mother? Of course. Been waiting for you to do that. Pray to everything. It's not pantheism, it's just, that's, that's setting up something. Just pray. Supplicate. It's always about intention, never about results. Quite often we hear people uh, actually say, 
well, we're, why are you safe from, from the tornado? Because, you know, we're a God-fearing family. We prayed to God and God saved us. So better about those other people down the road that also prayed and got smashed. That's my sarcasm. Just, just in time, just pray. May all beings be happy. Pray, supplicate, ask, ask for help. Sort of bowing. Is your understanding dependent on the student's question? And so it's not. It is, as long as there's a student, it has to be that way. I have to be somebody, as long as you think you're somebody. As long as you think you're somebody, I'm going to teach. When you realize your true nature, there's no separation between teacher and student anymore. Those names don't even apply. It may take a lot of difficult passages. Kevin Bowing. Yes, Kevin. In meditation instruction, you emphasize symmetry. Why is symmetry helpful in practice bowing? Well, symmetry, uh, we, the, the asymmetry of uh, the world looks asymmetric when actually it's, it's also, we could see the entire thing. We would see that it's symmetrical also. So we set up uh, sitting meditation as kind of an artificial symmetry. We take this body that can go in all different directions and we, we set symmetrical. It's something we can remember. It's a position we can remember. And it's, uh, it's somewhat equal on both sides. From this side looks very similar to this side. It's kind of a mirror this way and this way. I think uh, I feel uh, my understanding is that it's, it is about taking whatever we have and using that, setting things up so that so that the eyes are horizontal and the nose is vertical, which is an ancient teaching, so that we can have some kind of a form or structure to return to our true nature, which is not separate. Is that helpful or you have a further question, Kevin? That's helpful. I was wondering if the symmetry of the body perhaps helped to contrast what we experience as the asymmetry of the mind bowing. I think so. I think so. I think that's a, I may, I may have even said something uh, along those lines uh, that you sit and you, you sit down in a symmetrical posture and then you notice everything going this way and things shuffling this way and grasping this way, passion, aggression, ignorance, passion and aggression and ignorance. And we begin to be aware of that because the body and mind are not two separate things. Separated, just like the ears are separate, two, two different things, but they're ears, their eyes, their nostrils, and they're your eye teeth. Not separate. Separated, so we sit down and look at that contrast through awareness. This is over there. This is up here. That's down there. This is Teresa Bowling. Teresa. Um, you often teach us to not do anything unless we have to. When we feel we're caught in the two choices, are there ways to soften that up so we could begin to see what we have to do? Hmm. Bowling. So this is a this is what sitting meditation will give you. Uh, 
it's, it's sometimes called voluntary suffering. You're volunteering to sit down and look at the confusion coming and going. Look at the plus and minus. I like it. I don't like it. It's good. It's bad. It should be this. It shouldn't be this way. I shouldn't have to deal with this. I can't do this anymore. All of that. Sit down, hold still, and receive. You're actually training your mind to receive the stuff that you don't want to look at or you want to cover up with your ideas, your, con your concepts, your judgments, your evaluations, and all the asymmetry. Sit down and as a uh, has been said way before I got here, if it's showing up, you got it coming. It's, it's dependent origination. There is no personhood there. But it's an incredible mirage of duality, of otherness. And if you see it, it's just ordinary. Tamagishepa, is, I think, is the word for that. It's just ordinary mind. The conflict is gone. And if the conflict comes up, it can, it can walk in one door and walk out the other. Or can hang around and play poker. So that duality is something we need to look at without trying to smush it together and make an artificial uh, non-duality. Make it into something. Just acknowledge, res be respectful of the of the duality. That respect is uh, insight or wisdom. Chisho. Uh, I, going back to the previous question about separation, uh, I can see that the moment we produce something, we are separating. Does separation happen even while just receiving? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's not going to be any comp accomplishment, or I no longer reject anything, or I'm somehow this perfect receiving person. The receiving part, just receive, is the path. Just receive is the path. So, uh, and if you wanted to talk about the goal, it wouldn't be anything happening. It'd be nothing received. It's sometimes called a threefold purity. Nothing produced, nothing received, no action, no inaction, no, 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 no. Big no. I can't hardly hear you. Can you hear me now? I can hear you, but you're not you're not very loud. Kozan, just yell. Something's wrong with your with your voice box or your your volume control. Yeah. I don't think I can fix that. N never mind. Well, go ahead. I can hear you now. Get close to the computer. Um, what? Is, is awareness dependent on contrast? <clears throat> Probably uh, the way you're asking the question, I would say yes. But the answer you're looking for isn't exactly that. But the way you're asking the question. So the way you ask the question and what it is you want to know are still separated. But what is that gap? Ignorance. 
is the word to describe that shutting down. Or sure, I had a question in that same area about hearing what I say and my intention of what I'm saying are usually miles apart. Just wondering what that is. Ignorance. Do those collapse at some point? I follow your question, but I don't know if, if it can be described as a collapse, some kind of something that occurs. Mm -hmm. Does does that show up for you? What? Like, does it sound like what you're saying is missing what you're trying to say? No. I'm not trying to say anything. Disappointing. is trying to meet something where it's at still an addition. The path quality, it seems it's going to seem that way because you're, you are endeavoring to be more clear about what is fundamentally true. What is, what is this fundamentally? This is what everyone uh, on this path, if, if they're have an understanding, then trying to find out what is this? You need to see it yourself. No person, the Dalai Lama, His Holiness, uh, Karmapa, or any other enlightened being cannot hand you to the, hand this to you or give this to you. Cheryl Valley, um, when you ask us to give monk talks, is there a basic intention or instruction that we're endeavoring to function out of? You just, whatever the topic may be or the question may be, just do the best you can to talk in a way that is as clear and helpful to others and uh, exercises your, that aspect of the consciousness that produces. So if you've been receiving, if you've been facing the wall, if you've been practicing the forms, if you've been listening to the teacher and you've been studying the Dharma, then when you are put on the spot and the teacher says, go up here and talk about the the Eightfold Path or the Affordable Truths, the Three Marks of Existence are on and on and on, then you, you can talk about that. You can explain it to someone that maybe doesn't know anything about it or doesn't, isn't so clear. Or you can explain it to somebody who already knows, but your way of talking about it might, might be different because the way in which you understand the combinations of things, your way of using language is, is going to show up, uh, it's going to infuse that. If your intention is to to uh, produce out of what you understand. And that's the practice. More? Just something I notice in myself, it seems like as I talk, it gets carried away or kind of spins out on its own. That's awareness. Not the spinning out, but that you know about that. Other people can see it too. Go ahead. It, for me specifically, should I go into that intentionally or some, uh, with, with a bit of um, intention to change that? Don't change anything. That's why the forms are so important. We come in and we, 
We chant, we practice sitting meditation, we watch the continued movement of the mind. And then when we are asked to produce or to do something, to say something about um, the three poisons, because we've been looking at it in our own mind stream, we're able to talk about it. And some of that may align with traditional teachings or teachers or the way things have been expounded. And some of it may come out of your particular insight into that. But you don't have to improve. Why would you get rid of the ingredients? Go ahead. Sort of going, how do, how do we respond to the heart of what someone's asking and not just our, our idea of it? Probably by being quiet. More? Question from Isaac. Isaac. What am I training my mind to see? The truth. Jessica. Jessica Bowing. You were just talking to Shoto about uh, producing out of what you understand and that that's the practice. When, when I'm asking questions, I'm trying to produce precisely out of what I don't understand. So how, how do we ask questions out of well, that? He, he was just talking, uh, I believe he was talking about giving monk talks. He was talking about giving it. How do you get up in front of a group of people and talk about something that They've even they've been studying themselves. Your teacher is sitting there listening to you produce out of what you've been receiving. And so in, in your situation, uh, you're looking at asking a question. And so go ahead, you can extend on that. Jessica Bowing, I'm just thinking about how do we work with the inherent unclarity about lack of clarity about trying to produce a question out of something I don't understand. Bowing. Well, that's, you're doing it. You're asking me a question and you're characterizing the whole, <clears throat> the whole situation. And then, then possibly the teaching person may have a connection with you in such a way that their response uh, can help you maybe readjust the way you're looking at it or, or uh, not go down a, a circular path to bring it back into a direct seeing of it. You're doing fine. You're not, you're not, I've been listening to you ask questions for several years now. Doing fine. Just keep coming. It's not a compliment, by the way. Just going, it's still encouraging. Going. Good. That's the idea. Good. Further questions? I can't see everybody on the screen there, so you might have to speak up if you're, uh, there's 42, I don't know. Some people look for a few minutes and left. That's Deb, always Deb. a good sign. Go ahead, Deb. Um, when you say, if it's showing up, you've got it coming, it's just ordinary. Um, if what's showing up is bound in emotion, um, how do I see that that's ordinary if it feels unique to me? The, the uniqueness uh, is, is important. Uh, the, the uniqueness is, is, a, is a, a way that the ego shows up to claim territory. This is happening to me. This is my 
irritation, my anxiety. That's that unique, that uniqueness. It happened to me on Thursday. He said, she said, they said, this happened, then this happened. And then we take that personally. This reinforces and infuses and nurtures the self-centered aspect of consciousness, which is, not, which is unreal. If that is seen, then you're no longer embarrassed about who you are. You're no longer embarrassed about your confusion, about your narcissism. Follow me a little bit? Follow. I do. Yes, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, how do we respond out of what we understand if we don't understand? Shut up. Don't say anything. Unless you're misunderstanding your question. Yeah, don't say less is better in that area. If you if you actually do that, then you might notice that you start to see a different facet of it. You might see it in a different way. Just because you just relaxed in that way. Then some aspect that might be off in the weeds somewhere that wasn't showing up because of your trying to get some kind of a response or get some kind of a response or some kind of a reaction or any any further questions online? You hung. I have a follow-up question about the separation. Yes. So I feel I feel I feel the separation when I aware and you mentioned that the gap is ignorance. If the gap collapses or there's no gap, is that emptiness? Bowing. Probably some kind of a glimpse of, of nothing happening there. Of, of nothing substantial being there, there's, there's a possibility. But, but the actual emptiness is, is, is not, uh, the path quality is empty, empty, empty. Empty of what you think, empty of what you impute, uh, empty of your guesswork, empty. But the fundamental understanding is full, just to continue to use relative descriptive language. It's full of what it is, and it's overwhelming. But there's no one overwhelmed. But the understanding is vast, untraceable. Then what's the gesture of fully receiving? The texture is probably painful. Because you're, if you're fully receiving, then you're receiving what's coming from the apparent out there world, otherness, and you're receiving uh, your uh, incessant, more than likely, reaction to it. I don't like that. That's not good. This shouldn't be happening. This comes from out here, is triggered by something out here. And then I or me or my emotions get rattled about that. And we want to stop it or we want to we justify it. We want to blame somebody, something, blame our karma, blame our uh, bad genes or some anything but just receive the stickiness, the gooiness, and the smelliness of our, what, karma? As, as I've said before, if, if it's showing up, you've got it coming. That doesn't mean there's a person that's got it coming. 
It just means that this whole dynamic we call me and my life, that needs to come up in your life. It, it doesn't have a need for it. It's just dependent origination. It's, it's uh, completely to go right at it with a, a fundamental uh, description. It's, it's impersonal because there isn't any person. The illusion of personhood is overwhelming. Well, I'm the kind of person that likes this. I'm, well, I, I've always been, well, I was always taught to not do, but to do no self. Doesn't mean that the, those aspects of your personality that have been tagging along behind you for the last 20, 30, 40, 50 years or whatever it may be, doesn't mean that those aren't looking for, for to be gotten rid of or looking to be fluffed up or justified or validated. We're always looking for proof. And all evidence is, it's just part of the story. It's not the entire thing. The entire thing is not even proof. It's dependent origination. Pratitya samutpada is the fancy words or fancy to us in the West, not fancy to Chisho. Go ahead, Chisho. Ask your question. <laughs> is uh, awareness completely independent of the mechanisms of ego? But. It, yes. It, it, the receiving part is we'll receive and receive and receive until the, there's nothing separate. And then there isn't anything that you're not aware of. You don't have the specificity of I'm aware of this, this uh, ship bay, or I'm aware of my hands. That may show up, it may, but there's no, there's no preference for it to show up or not show up, for it to hang around or not hang around. Awareness no longer belongs to anybody. So it's kind of like you're lost in space. But even space is extra. They're, they're really, it's just nothing is substantial from the, from the relative point of view, even if it's looked at through the spiritual path of the boomies or some kind of structure that gets us closer and closer to the final drop-off, which isn't even a drop-off. If it's a drop-off, then it's other. How do we bring you our confusion when that confusion seems to disappear when we're in front of you? Right, you're still doing it. It's 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 might might look like it disappears because you're not sure what what might not be able to ask a question, but I don't mind that. <laughs> It'll be less and less and less as we go along, if in fact we even go along. We going along? That's a Soka Koji Mudra. Go ahead. Sure, Does clarifying confusion do anything to the confusion? There's a relative quality, relative path. There's a there's a the situational or conventional structure, but then realization just that that's, there's no, nothing shows up at the end of that. There's no, ah, finally, we're at the end of the path. Yes. Another question from Isaac. Good. What is the truth? Yep. Your, your statement is the truth. 
What is it? That is the truth. Snails, little tiny curled up things in a, in a shell, they don't say that. They are, they are the truth. Human being says, what is the truth? That's why we're here. We're, what is this? I can tell you in two words, but it, it probably won't be very satisfying. We just kind of somebody at the corner store saying, not separate. That's the truth. Darn you, Isaac. You and your questions. Can we have a question that doesn't beg an answer? What is it you want to know? Sure, it, it seems like with that question, like, what is the truth? Um, in a confused way, we assume there's an answer to that or something. And I'm wondering if we can just have the question. Okay. Can do that. Is that what you're saying? What? When was I saying that? Hi, Robert. Hello. Further questions? I don't know where the time's at. Michael Bowing. Yes, Michael. Is emptiness and not knowing the same thing? Emptiness is a concept used in the, in the Buddhist teaching and, uh, and some other uh, teachings uh, that are saying that things are not what they appear. They're empty of that, of any kind of conclusion or judgment about something. It's empty of that. It's just a it's just a gradual way of leading you into the truth. Emptiness. And not knowing, is that the was that the other part of it? Yes. No. There's just something to that. I wouldn't say this, you wouldn't put them together and oh these are why don't we just say not knowing, not knowing, not knowing. Emptiness, uh not knowing is just we don't know. But emptiness is saying that something is showing up and then it is empty of, of our imputation or our guesswork about it or our conclusions about it or our exclusions about it, including that it's over there. So we don't know that might be, we don't know might be actually closer to wisdom. If you want to continue to use relative ideas and concepts. <laughs> Michael Bowing. Is, is relying on knowledge a way to interpret the future? And is that what is that the fear that we have is is not knowing the future? Probably. How's it look to you? How do I look? 
<laughs> you look fine. You look good too. Where do we go from here? It is the the relationship of not knowing and fears what I'm what do you want to know? Come on, Michael, spit it out. What do you want to know? How do we deal with the fear of not knowing? Train your mind. Look at the fear. Sit down, hold still. <laughs> Put that that mind of yours or of anybody's in a closed area, which is sit down, hold still, and keep it in a very fundamental area where you can you can watch specifically what comes and what goes away without interfering, without adding, subtracting, or dividing. Just observe, just observe. See your true nature. Is okay. that what we have to do with all feeling? Probably. Further questions out there in Zoom land? I have a question about karma. If our past karma is fix it, fixed, how can I not trapped to figure it out on this path? Bye. So karma just means action cause and effect and so on. It's a way of talking about what looks like a past, what looks like a future, what looks like the present. And just don't do much with it. So however it shows up, don't meddle with it too much. Just get an idea of how what, what is actually happening there so you can be more clear about if, if you should do anything at all other than just uh, be on the receiving end of what's showing up, what's showing up, what's showing up. Just receive that rather than try to go in based on on limited understanding and when i say limited any kind of relative understanding is limited this is what the court systems use this is why people are not respected they're judged they're thrown in a box and punished because it's a uh, primitive they, they try to look sophisticated and that's why they have all these jurisprudence words But it's it's uh, primitive, and it's uh, to say the least, it's cruel. You don't have to do that. Stop trying to fix everything. When I say stop, I know maybe you can't do that, but you could at least bring your mind to the area where you keep pushing things down, pushing it back down when it needs to show up. You need to. You might need to take a long drink of water, and it might not taste so good. Do it anyway. This doesn't mean torture yourself, but be, as you've heard me say before, be the difficulty you're trying to get rid of, at least for a little while, so you can get some idea of how that operates. Back in the days when you could actually uh, work on your own automobile, you could lift up the hood and look, look in there and, well, it's either fuel or it's electrical. And now it's, I don't know how many different, it's not getting enough fuel or it's not getting a spark. You could actually fix your own car. I mean, if you had, a had the tools, didn't mind getting your knuckles busted up. 
But now, if you open it up, it's just, you know, you'd have to call, probably have to call somebody uh, on Facebook to get you to help with that. That car is all run with, what do they call those things? Computers? Yeah. But what we're trying to do quite often, going back to the question about karma, is we're trying to fix it without even opening the hood. We, we haven't even looked at it yet. And yet, because it's not running or it's not functioning the way we think, we just want to do something with it. And since it's not a physical thing, uh, so-called in that kind of low frequency of something that's actually there, but something that's in a mind stream, we think we have more say-so. We think we can push that away or fluff that up or blame something or someone for that without even looking at it closely. I suggest you, you open the hood and look at it for a few years, if not a few decades. Train your mind. If you're listening to this old man, you don't have to be a student of mine or a, a Buddhist. You don't have to be anything. Probably would help you to do that. That's what that's about, at least to have a path. Wouldn't have to be this direction. Find out who you are. Don't settle. Don't settle for my idea, anybody's idea for anything. Find out who you are so that when this body-mind goes back into the elements, usually called death. See if, see it, find out who you are. So you see, if, do you actually die? Is there actual death? What dies? The body dies. Do you die? If you're aligned with the body, then that's probably what's going to happen. If you believe you are a body. Don't believe anything I say. I lie constantly. Other questions? Thank you. You're welcome. Jason, any questions? Yes. Allowing, uh, what you just said about uh, death made me wonder if your belief determines what happens. It looks like something like that's happening. I don't think you can pin it down and, and kind of condemn somebody because of their, because it's, it's way too involved and com complicated. The causes and conditions that arise. Dependent origination is, is just what's being described there in those few words. Everything, nothing comes from its own side as an individual. But everything is dependent on everything else for its apparent singularity or identity. That is so incredibly complicated because it doesn't leave anything out. So therefore, you can't you can't find out uh, you know who's on first. You, you just can't find that out as a, as a relative. You can find it out somewhat if you're willing to settle for a limited response. He hit him, and therefore he's got a bruise on his nose. Does the nose get bruised? No, probably could. So you can see the, the immediate cause and effect, and this is what society, culture, beliefs, passion, aggression, and ignorance, belief in a solid self who can win or lose, this is what our society is doing. This is why we have wars. This is why, now, yeah, you already know that. But you don't have to do that. You can lose the war. And how do you do it? You look at the warfare in your own mind stream. Painful to look at. 
Shobhan, can we open the HUD without it being materialism? Yes. As long, as long as you're looking at it, as long as you're observing it, observe, observe. Don't immediately give up, get out the tools and start working on something before you know what it is. If you see what it is, there won't be any tools. It's not, it's, you see that it's not really a relative situation. I'm just using that as a metaphor because we're, because we're in a, you know, we're in a material dimension. We're in a very low vibration that seems uh, solid. Seems like this is real. We're solid. We have hands. We have eyes, ears, nose, tongue, body, mind. We're here. Consciousness is showing up as this being. Is the if tools are coming out to work on the engine, is that something that we are doing? Might be some kind of, uh, if I'm continuing to use that metaphor, yeah, you're probably trying to fix and a little bit of that can happen. This is what happens in uh, just a way of talking about this is what happens in a uh, you know, cognitive behavioral approach to, to trying to say, here's the situation, try to work with a limited understanding, but an understanding of cause and effect and trying to find a way to dismantle part of that or to to slow down the, the energy in a particular area by certain techniques, which you already know about those. So a little bit of that may be necessary, but it, but the fundamental understanding, it seems, the way it shows up here, it needs to come out of a direct perception of it, of the fundamental situation. Then some of that may be necessary with yourself, maybe just necessary when you're endeavoring to help someone else. You may have to chant a mantra. You may have to do something to work with the, this is what, uh, of forms in, uh, uh, in the Tibetan tradition. I mean, they may not say that. They don't have to confirm anything I'm saying. But this is about those structures, about using aspects of the mind, the, the tendency to visualize or see things, and bring that into a form. So you're seeing a deity. You're seeing a representation of your wisdom mind. Not just uh, is it electrical or is it fuel or some kind of tool orientation relative to those problems, but actually going into that using visualization, using mantra, using mudra, prostrating, 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 taking the body, mind uh, together and prostrating. You could call it surrender. You could call it just doing what's necessary. More? Robert. Robert Bowling, um, we did a talk some weeks ago about living in enlightenment. Yes. I'm wondering, there seems to be an emotional quality within ourselves that oftentimes contradicts thought process within ourselves, the balance between the two. But I'm wondering, is, is there a relationship between that and how we can glean more of what we need to see in this particular reality and enlightenment? 
So the formula is a lot of sitting practice, uh, work with the forms in, in a way that uh, works for you. In our, this particular culture, you, not everybody can be a monk. Um, I would like the whole world to be a monastery and everyone in it to function as monks. I think that would be a good idea. That might happen someday, but probably not right away. So live in enlightenment. In other words, live in whatever's happening in your mind, live in that rather than try to get rid of it or stop it. And without, without strong mind training, that's, it's, that's just going to be a, a paradigm that doesn't work. It's just going to be like a broken engine. It just you can't, can't get it off, off the ground. You can't, it won't fly or it won't move because it's, it's too caked up or crusted up or stuck or rusted with, with fixation and fear. Sometimes the fix, we don't know you, if you're really fixated, you don't know that that's covering fear. The people who are on the path are afraid or have fear because they're no longer locking down on their beliefs, their opinions, and their ideas. At least they're giving, there's some kind of a ventilation happening there. The people who have no spiritual path, I'm sure you've noticed, they're just fixated. If you talk to them about anything, they have fixed ideas about that. Well, it's right. I know what I think, and I know what I was taught, and this is the way we've always thought this way, and this is the way it is. So therefore, there's not much fear because of the uh, thick uh, crust over the consciousness uh, of fixation. And when, you're, when you begin to practice, that starts to crack and come apart. So there can be fear there. But the way you ask the question, I would just say, just continue. It's just, uh, you continue. Continue to practice, continue to return at, at, to the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha as you see it, and as it fits up in your mind stream. Nothing to believe or disbelieve. Teresa Bowen. Go ahead, Teresa. There's a question in the chat box. Deb asks, will the ego always be looking for form? Bowing. It might, but you won't, you won't mind. You're, because you've seen that the, the ego mind, the self-centered mind, the grasping, clinging, fear-based, hope-based mind, aspect of mind, and the Yogacara tradition called the seventh consciousness, the klesha mind uh, is, is not real. So the karma may still have to, in your lifetime, uh, may still proceed to go after this and stop this and shut down, open up, back up. It may still do that. But that which understands this, our wisdom, uh, is no longer going to fight with anything. It's, n it's no longer objecting to the negative emotions. It's no longer agreeing. It's no longer fighting with it. You realize your true nature, which is nothing in particular and everything in general, to put it in a humorous way. How did Sparsha Mudra confirm the Buddha's awakening? Earth. He, he he probably drove his hand all the way to the center of the earth when he did that, but that wouldn't be very believable. So, and it's all about belief. Yes. Is that different than him 
reifying a belief in a body. Yeah. Because, because he was talking to aspects of his own mind. He was talking to his own, the daughters of Mara. Uh, his mind, his mind stream. Just like Milarepa in his cave, all the little devils and demons uh, hanging around to give him a hard time. Stop fighting. Just He just served them tea. I think that's the metaphor. He just served them all tea and they went poof. And they just disappeared because they were because there was, there was no longer any tension, any warfare there anymore. Just a way of talking about it. I don't know where we're at as far as time. It's almost 1230. Okay. Suppose we could end. I'll take one more question if there is a question somewhere. Teresa Bowling. Go ahead, Teresa. Another question in the chat box. Tim S. Mm -hmm. Is prayer hope? Tim Bowling. Bowling. Was that is prayer hope? Teresa Bowling, yes. Nope, it's not. No, prayer, uh, the way I'm talking about here is intention, not hope. You don't, you don't, you don't care about the results. I'm not saying you're dismissive of it, of course, and the results wanting something to change or get better uh, or improve or someone to be out of pain, we pray for them or we pray for ourselves, but it's just the intention. We're not looking for results because there's respect for the confusion. May all beings be happy and at their ease. We, we know that's probably not gonna happen, but we are going to intend to do that because the intention carries it beyond what, time and space? Master of time and space, was that Steve Martin? I think, Steve Martin. Time, space, and dimension. Oh, time, space, and dimension. Thank you, Takudo. Master of time, space, and dimension. Pray for that. May I be the master of time, space, and dimension. <laughs> so be it. Let it be so. And thank you, and thank you. You already are. There isn't anything that isn't yours. There isn't anything that isn't your fault. There isn't anything you don't get credit for, and there's nothing to fix. Realize it. <clears throat> Does you have a question? There is a, a last question from YouTube. Go ahead. I'll, do, I'll take a YouTube question. From Udi in Connecticut. Udi. Wanting to see the truth, generating intentions for path and practice, sometimes feels like productions of the implied self in this body. Are all these actions unreal? Yes. Practice anyway. Just do it anyway. Return, return, return to the Buddha, the Dharma, and Sangha, or the teacher, the teaching, in the community, and return to the cushion over and over again. Thank you. May the merit of this penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way.
the ten directions of three worlds, all Buddhas, all venerable ones, Bodhisattvas, Mahasattvas, the great Prajna Paramita. Bodhisattvas of the Ten Directions and the Three Times, please hear us. Please come down out of the light and protect Sokokoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, our Sangha, families, friends, and visitors. Heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering. And if you value the teachings of Sokozan and you would like to support his teaching work and the functions of Sokokoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, which also supports monk and practice residents, please consider giving a donation by visiting our website at sokukoji.org.